True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee, and we're so happy you joined us today. We are going to do another episode, our very second episode ever was called The Target List. And we're going to redo that episode today because so much time has passed and we kind of have some new information, some things to clear up, and some of, a lot of the stuff's still the same. But we're going to go back over it now that we're in a professional studio. Last time we were recording from home, and for some strange reason, Renee was always loud and clear as a bell, and I sounded muffled and far away. So we're going to fix that now because we are in a professional studio here in Dallas, Texas. And we're very excited that you're joining us. And before we get going, I just thought I would ask everyone, please, to re, uh, leave us a review, if you don't mind, if you enjoy the program on, we would love five stars, if possible, on Apple and Spotify. And on Apple, you can actually leave, you know, comments, and that would be greatly appreciated. And also, if we are on Instagram, if you ever want to contact us, please message us through Facebook or Instagram. Our handles are always the same. It's True Crime Rods. We also have a discussion group called um, Missy Beaver's Discussion Group, something true crime broads, mm-hmm. like a dash or something. Yeah. So come and join us there on Facebook if you want to chat about the case. Yes. Um, yeah, we um, normally, um, I think we've run out of reviews, but we need to take a break. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC. Specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structural reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, Track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads. Hey, y'all, the True Crime Broads. We're having our very first Facebook Live. We're really excited about it. We can't wait to see and hear you. It's going to be on Saturday, February 11th at noon Central Standard Time. Till 1.30. And you can call in with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Please join us. We can't wait to see you. Okay, we also wanted to remind everyone, please call us or message us with any cases that you might want us to cover. Unsolved murders or missing persons, we're here to help you keep that stuff in the public eye. Yeah, and keep tips coming in so that way, um, you know, the cases are still being worked until they're solved. We're try- we're here to help y'all get justice. So if you know of anybody, just let us know. We're happy to cover those as well and hopefully get some guests on because that always helps. Yeah, and if you yourself want to be a guest and that's a case that you're close to, please, please think about being on. If you're not comfortable on video, we will not use video. We'll just do audio only. It's up to you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're idiots here at True Crime Bros. A lot of people have already pointed that out. But well, we we we're going to go ahead in a minute, and that was that was a that was a uh, very bad decision. <laughs> I'm sitting here with spaghetti all over my sweater, <laughs> spaghetti sauce. Um, okay, not actual spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Somebody help us. Okay, we're going to get back to business now. Where we're going to. We were going to start over, but we're just going to keep going, y'all. We're human beings. We make mistakes. Every day. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. Okay, here we go. So back to the serious stuff here. Um, in the Missy Beavers case, if you have been following this case for a long time, you will probably remember when, at the very beginning of the case, Midlothian police would routinely, there at the beginning, this was April of 2016 and into the first part of May, they were releasing search warrants. And they would tell the media, they would give them to the media. The media would print them, discuss them, announce them on TV media, on the news. So back then, things were less secretive. And we're about to do an episode here on the target numbers. And throughout the course of the murder investigation, I'm getting this, by the way, from the probable cause affidavit. And it says... um, Throughout the course of the murder investigation, evidence has been recovered from electronic data extractions performed on Brandon Beaver's phone. This is the husband, of course, of the victim. Ms. Beaver's phone, her electronic devices. So they're talking about iPhones and iPads. And this extracted information has provided officers with potential persons of interest. And they have named those this concept the target numbers now what's funny is at first um we knew that's what they called it and they called that on the news but then as time goes by as years are going by i've started thinking that that was slang that maybe we had just started calling it but they actually say in the search warrant the target numbers so that is officially coming from mpd and it says based on the nature of the communications um whether it's text messages and recovered deleted messages between Ms. Beavers and the above quote-unquote target numbers, a portion of these messages, as well as deleted messages recovered, indicate and confirm statements and tips provided to the officers of an ongoing financial and marital, marital struggle. That was something that MPD really hammered away at at the beginning, Renee. Remember that? Yeah, I do. They were saying that this couple was having financial and marital problems. I don't know why they announced that to the public, but they did, and it was in this. It was in these affidavits, and it was a big part of the investigation early on. Apparently, and it was something that they uncovered from what they were looking at on Missy's phone. Right. Okay. And and so going forward, officers have also received several tips from citizens with possible suspect leads due to the surveillance footage that was being released to the general public. So people are looking at the video and going, oh, my gosh, that looks like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And I know they knew Missy, blah, 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 whatever. And they were calling that in. Some of these leads have been very specific with approximate weight, height, build, distinct walk, and or feminine sway of the suspects. And these tips have been followed up on and are identified as the target numbers listed above. So that's interesting because I think early on we thought it was just data extractions, mm-hmm. but apparently they're also basing this on tips. And um, So it doesn't necessarily mean that, that every single person in the target list had contacted Missy or vice versa. 
Thank you very much. Yes. Very, very important distinction. See, we have learned something since our first episode, so this is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I promise we're not going to redo every single episode. That would make our, our <laughs> listeners probably run for the hills. Well, this we is an important one, so. Yeah, this is. We get a lot of questions about this one, and um, I left the wrong paper in the car. I, uh, can you? I brought in two copies of that one and not this one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Renee saved me. Um, where is it where they there. list them? Sorry about that. I grabbed the wrong papers. Hang on. <laughs> I know, and it's like 10 pages. I so. just saw it because you had the redacted part. There we go. All right, there's some stuff redacted, and I'm assuming it's That's their phone, phone numbers. numbers. Yeah. Okay. So if you have a copy of the evidentiary search warrant um, on the target numbers, um, they actually list the people. They use a first initial and their actual last name. And we're going to just read them just to refresh everyone's memory. And keep in mind, this was early on. And a lot of these people, they've probably moved away from investigating. And other people were added later. We'll talk about those in a few minutes. But this particular list from, this is back in April 28, uh, 2016. We have T. Beavers. That's Terry Leanne Beavers, who went by the nickname Missy Beavers. That's our victim. Brandon Beavers, that's obviously her husband. We have A. Tucker. That's A.J. Tucker. He's actually been on our show twice. If you haven't heard his episodes, he was a fantastic guest. We really loved having A.J. on. And then we have his wife, Courtney Tucker. And, of course, it's listed A. Tucker or C. Tucker. Then we have Kevin Cozine, or is that Cozine? Did we ever get that clear? I don't know. Okay. I just, whatever way I feel like saying it that day. Yeah. So <laughs> it says K. Cozine, and then M. Cozine. That's his wife, Michelle, correct? Mm-hmm. And then we have R. Beavers, which is Randy Beavers. That is Missy's father-in-law, who gets talked about way too much in social media. Really oh, does. thank you. And then we've got Vicki Beavers. Her initial is V. Beavers, and that is... Um, Missy's stepmother-in-law, I guess you would call it. That is Randy's wife. That is not Brandon's dad. That's his second wife. And then we have Wendy Houts, W. Houts. And she is apparently the wife of Brandon's friend. So he unfortunately passed away um, prior to Missy's murder. But Wendy Houts is the surviving spouse. And so I think it's just interesting to note that over time this has evolved And we know for a fact that from looking at search warrants that, you know, um, MPD sort of maybe dropped some of these people and picked up others. We have um, Bobby Wayne Henry was one that they really investigated a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We have reason to believe they spoke to Tammy Welch. We have reason to believe they spoke to April Sandoval, but that's only because people called in. They never considered her any kind of a suspect. No. And then um, who else? Who am I forgetting? Hmm. Probably, I don't know. (laughs) I've had food. I can't think. (laughs) We promise our listeners we're never going to eat before we record. We really are. We usually eat afterwards to celebrate. It would have just been so late. Yeah, yeah. Today we had a weird scheduling situation with the studio, and it was um, something we couldn't control. So we're just full of food, and it's like we have a food hangover or drunk drunk food, whatever you call it. Yeah. That made no sense. (laughs) Drunk food. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, like did a little drinking, did you? <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's the sad part is that I'm like this, just like having iced tea and water. 
Um, okay, so all of the outgoing and incoming communications and call detail records of cell sites, including all telephone numbers, chip number, direct connects, walkie-talkie, universal, they covered everything in this they thing. They did. Uh, worldwide web addresses, da-da-da-da-da. And, I mean, there's lit- I'm not going to read all this. We can publish this on our um, social media if you want to read it yourself. So, basically, they're asking for everything. They threw everything in there in the kitchen sink from the period of March 1st, 2016 to present day at the time of this document, which was April 24, 2016. Which was interesting. They went a week past the murder, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, guess they wanted to make sure nobody was going, hey, did you right. see that I killed Missy or whatever? Yeah. I, that would be strange, but I guess weirder things have happened. Well, you know, some kind of post-murder <clears throat> chatter. Right. Um, it also, okay, so should the cellular wireless number equipment, which is the current target of this order, have changed? This is interesting. During the requested period, including the, and I don't know what all these stand for. I've heard of IMEIs because that's what you get on when you get your, your cell phone here. I don't know if it's called something different other places. But it has MINs, MSIDs, MDNs, ESNs, MEIDs, IMEIs, IMSIs, ICCIDs, and then PUKs, IP addresses, PINs, and MAC addresses and a combination thereof have been changed by the subscribers during the period of time covered by this order. Then this order will apply to any other, and it lists all those again, addresses. So in other words, if somebody uses, I guess, a fake IP address or a fake, um, or like a like a burner phone, I guess, maybe the um, IMEI number is this, and then it changes to this because they use a different, you remember when you used to have to put the, that, uh, what was it called, that card in your phone a long time ago? SIM card. SIM card, thank you. So maybe if you do that, it changes all this information. They're basically saying that covers this. So if it changes, they still have access to your information. So Yeah, and shout out to Cody McKinney for being smart enough to cover all these bases. Seriously. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. So they got all that covered. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> Okay. Okay, so I wanted to read this part. Okay, so the affiant has reasonable grounds, and the affiant being Cody McKinney, to believe that the historical records information stored by AT&T for the specified target numbers during the specified date range is imperative in identifying the suspects, suspect with an S, could be plural, Involved in the ongoing investigation of murder against Terry Missy Leanne Beavers, which occurred on April 18, 2016, within the hours of 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Central Standard Time. So they're just <clears throat> kind of pulling all this together to make sure it all kind of covers every basis they can, I guess. And you know something? There's, there's, there was another thing that people had talked about that I wanted to make sure we clarified so there's nine target uh, names and then 10 target numbers. And the reason for that is because Brandon had two phones. He had a work phone and he had a personal cell phone. So that's why there's, that's why there's a different number in case anybody's looking at this and going, what is this? <clears throat> so, And if anyone wants copies of any of these search warrants, just 
shoot us your email address in our social media inboxes and we'll email you copies. So you don't have to go. Is there a place still in our group for us to put files? We need to do that. Oh, yeah, we could put them in our Facebook mm-hmm. group too. But if you don't want to join our Facebook group and you just want the copy, just send us your email address <clears throat> and we will send you the PDFs. I think that, okay, so this whole thing was being um, presented to AT&T. And I'm assuming that was Missy's carrier. Yeah, carrier. So that's how they had to go through and get everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it is it is nice to understand because when when this first happened and we talked about this years and years ago, well, it feels like I guess it was just two years ago, but almost three actually because it's going to be three years in February that we've had a podcast. But I remember thinking that all of these people had contacted Missy, but that's not the case. Some of these people were called people had called in a tip and and suggested their name and i guess police had gone had said well this is a a valid you know yeah so what we understand what we've learned since we did this episode the first time is we understand this is sort of like a combination of people she was in contact with and people who um tips had been called in about and just sort of more of a hodgepodge than we initially thought right And um, I thought this was an interesting part of the affidavit. It says, your affiant seeks to obtain historical records maintained by AT&T in the ordinary course of business, which document all such electronic digital signals to and from the target numbers for the specific date range, which can be analyzed and utilized to identify specific cell phone devices, GPS locations, and cell phone subscriber information, which in turn can lead to the identity of the unknown suspects responsible for the murder of Miss Beavers. You know what? I, I, I really find it hard to believe that people are don't realize how much information is available to police. Um, they really are just gambling because they don't. I mean, it's possible that they're going to get this. Possible it they might not. But I think as time goes on. Technology gets better and better, and eventually, even if you delete stuff, they're going to be still be able to see everything. So you're not going to be able to, you're just not going to be able to take any of that stuff with you because you're going to be caught, you know? And then the yeah. communications part of it as well. Because recovering deleted text and stuff apparently is not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, this is jumping ahead to a different search warrant, but I did just want to insert this right here that the LinkedIn message, apparently, as far as we know... They haven't been able to re- to trace that back, and perhaps it was a burner phone that had set up that account under an anonymous name. And and I just I remember we saw somewhere I believe it was in the the um, return on that search warrant that said that they just couldn't get all the data that mm-hmm. some of it was permanently deleted, which is kind of strange. But I guess different different companies have different like sometimes you know we've run into this when we're requesting things they'll say well we only keep that stuff for three months Mm -hmm. okay well it's been almost seven years so we can't get that so maybe linkedin has some kind of thing like that probably unfortunately but if you get on this soon and you do it like they did a great job back here in 2016 of tracking all this stuff down while the getting was still good and getting all their covering all their bases that's for sure yeah so, yeah, Cody McKinney sure knows how to write a search warrant affidavit. Yes, he does. So they, they, they basically got 
covered all their bases. I mean, they even mentioned in here GPSs and um, what is it called? Your the helmet camera? What's it called? I always forget. They covered all of their bases in that. Oh, you mean like a video camera? Mm-hmm. No, the GoPro. Yeah, they even <laughs> mentioned that the camera. The, 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 that you were, the camera that you, the video camera that you wear on your helmet. Yeah, they even they even talked about push to talk and walkie talkies. Yeah, see, they covered all their bases on that. Right. And you know, early on when people got there, they're so like, oh my gosh, there were several perps and they were using walkie talkies. I don't think they're saying that. They're right. just trying to cover the saying bases. If possible. They're, they're yeah. saying any type of possible communication you can do with these devices, they want the information from Because it. if they don't list it, then they can't get it. Right. They're like, well, you didn't include that. So you know how that goes. And on the last episode that we did, we actually talked about A.J. Tucker. We had just sort of become acquainted with him at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Since then, he's been on two totally separate episodes of ours, Mm -hmm. full-length episodes of just him talking. One of them's more geared toward his self-defense business. Mm -hmm. And the other one, we we dug into the case. So you might want to go back and check out True Crime Broad's episodes with A.J. Tucker. They were really good. Mm -hmm. He is a good guest. He was, in the the first one, he was very... um, helpful in in learning about self-defense and things you could should do and shouldn't do in that you know realm and then and then the other one he talked about um i guess his wife being uh looked at for the murder and mm-hmm. just different things that they had went through which i just can't even imagine going pretty through wild lab. we're hoping to have some more search warrants to share with you soon right pertaining to that so stay tuned um okay so i guess um are we going to talk about some upcoming episodes? Or did we yes. want to discuss anything else first uh, out of the search warrant stuff? I don't think we covered all that. Yeah, I think so too. I think that the things that have really, um, not a whole, whole lot has changed since we first did the episode, except, um, oh, one piece of information I wanted to bring out is Kevin Cozine and his wife, Michelle Cozine. On the first episode, we said that they were Camp Gladiator participants. We've learned since then that they were not in the Camp Gladiator class that Missy held, and they were not there that morning, nor any other morning, apparently. They were not in her class. He's into fitness, so it's probably how she met him. He teaches um, some cycling class in Waxahachie YMCA or something. Yeah, he does a lot of cycling, like actual riding bikes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people are into that. And at the time of that recording, um, Michelle and Kevin, um, Kevin were married, now mm-hmm. they're divorced, and he's married another Michelle, which is Oh, kinda, are they married or just engaged? No, they're married. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's another since, Michelle. That's happened well, since I was One has sleeping. two L's and one has one. Yeah, his, ex, only way his to, ex-wife has the one L. Right. So so they did get married, he and the two L Michelle. Right. <laughs> I don't know how you said that without laughing. I wouldn't have two L Michelle. <laughs> this is the latest in the day we've ever recorded. It, it is. From the studio. Right. At home, we always did it late at night. Oh, yeah. But and usually the studio From home, here. we did it at 9 or 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> I remember and that. We'd be up at 1 o'clock trying to upload it. <laughs> yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we had one one time that we were, I think we worked on that for a good two hours, but thank God we're not doing that anymore. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so we wanted to tell you about some upcoming episodes that we have um, happening soon. Um so next week, we are going to cover the Jennifer Kindersmiles um, Unsolved Murder out of Waxhatchee, Texas. So stay tuned for that one. And then the following week, which is also on a Saturday, uh, we are going to be doing a Facebook Live. And we're doing this um, 
for a couple of reasons. Obviously, we want to promote our podcast and we want you know to get more listeners because the more people that listen, the more people that might come forward with tips or you know information that we don't know happens all the time. And then also, we want to allow y'all to give your comments, your questions, suggestions, or just call and say hi. And just so y'all know, the Facebook Live, we're going back to the Missy Beavers case for that one. Right. Now, we're definitely open to talking about any case that we've covered, absolutely, so bring what you got. But I'm just saying that the primary purpose of that one is our original core followers who are most interested in following the Missy Beavers case. So we'll be doing that um, week after next. And like Renee said, we're going to do Jennifer Kendra Smiles next week. If you have any questions or concerns or if you know anyone who wants to be on the Jennifer Kinder Smiles, we're sort of considering doing a two-parter on that. Mm-hmm. And we would really welcome guests who are close to the case and can help us shed some light on some of the things because it's another really wild ride. You guys are going to be very interested in that. It's another Ellis County murder. I lived in Red Oak when that happened, and I did not ever hear, hear about that at all. I would have remembered, never heard about it. So wow. it's interesting just living in Ellis County that you wouldn't hear about something like that. So I don't know how that happens, but um, but we're, we've never done this before. So y'all guys, please call in or join us comments, you know, on the Facebook. I guess it makes like a post and this is kind of new. So y'all can help us out with this, but I think it makes like a post and it's live and then you can comment on there. You can call in however it works and, you know, we'll put you on the air and let you ask your questions yeah, or whatever. We'd love to have you on the air. It's great. It'd be fun. It, it, I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing us blather on and on and on, and we love having guests on. So anything we can do to break that up, we always want to do that. Right. Okay. So we got that coming up. Uh, be sure and do your, um, our re- uh, give it, send us a review because we need some of those on Apple or Spotify is the only other place. Spotify, you can do ratings and Apple, you can do ratings and reviews. Or- okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Crystal handles that. I, I never do that. I never even hard to look at it. <laughs> um, we have TikTok. We're also on Twitter. I haven't done it lately. I mean, haven't been doing it in the past, but here yes. lately I've been Renee's posting. been tweeting. I'm so happy. I know. Because, see, that's not my thing is tweeting. Me neither. But, I, I mean, I'm not really doing anything special. I'm just writing words on there. So I don't know if that's the proper way to do it, but that's what I'm doing. Remember that one? Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'm not much of a Twitter person, but I figured there's people on there that, you know, it'll help to show it. I've also been doing, as you already know, these flyers, um, cause they're super easy to do. I use Canva and I just throw together some stuff with pictures and whatever. So we've been really hitting it hard this year, um, because we really want more people to hear the podcast. We want more people to come forward. We want more tips to come in. We want this case solved like everybody else. So we're trying to really hit that hard. So I've been doing these because they don't take long and I can sit and throw one together when I'm watching TV. You know? hey, and I was talking to James today. Shout out to our good friend, James. And um, I was telling him, I said, you know, our first choice is always to have the police interview these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. The only time people roll up on us is after we've, you know, we've, told them to talk to the police and they just had a hard time getting through or what have you, or we emailed the police or whatever. We're just sort of, we understand we're not investigators and that's not what we're doing here. We're giving people a platform if they want to share their side of the story. Okay. Anyone that's been accused of this crime, we welcome you on the show. If you would like to tell your side of the story, anyone who knows anyone that was involved or not involved or has been accused of being involved, come on. We want to have you on. But we will say that if you have pertinent information that could help solve this case, 
go to law enforcement first, not us. Now, if you're too, if you're kind of timid about going to law enforcement, we will connect you with them. Like we said on the last show, we have their email addresses. We have their cell phones. We can get you to the investigator without you having to call MPD and explain everything and try to get patched through the right person. We can get you to them directly, and we would love to do that. We've done it a couple times already. We'll love to do it again. So don't get us wrong. We're not here just trying to find something to have shows about. We would prefer you talk to the police. Right, and and if you would like to remain anonymous, that's always an option. Um, A lot of people are afraid to come forward because they don't want to give out their name, and that's totally cool. I can always remain anonymous. There's a couple ways to do that. You can go through the P3 app and do a Crime Stoppers, you know, um, tip. Um, and it, they, they, there's no, absolute no way for them to get your information. So that's a good way to do it. Um, of course, if you want to remain anonymous, another way you can do that as well. But that's that's probably the best way to do it is through Crime Stoppers app, P3. Yeah. And um, the police are not looking at you. They are not going to come search your house. Nothing like that. They just want the information. And they want to know it's coming from a reliable source who actually has valid information. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people would get upset because they said that <clears throat> they never heard back from the police. They would give a tip or whatever um, that, you know, maybe somebody, neighbor or something walked like the person. And I think that, that they, in my opinion, I think that they're just, they're looking for specific information mm-hmm. on a specific person, not just, well, that person kind of walks like them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or, or a lot of people were calling in and saying, you know, I think it walks, the perp walks like the father-in-law. They, yeah. The police doesn't, they don't need our opinions. Right. They're looking for Absolute, evidence. Yeah, actual facts. Information facts. Like, I know. Mm-hmm. So Something that you can prove. Like, right. this person told me they did it. Of course, it's not going to be that simple usually, but just something that you have observed or found out on your own or, you know, what have you. There's just, if you know someone that you think did it, please call that in. A lot of people will call in like from a totally different state and say, my neighbor had foot surgery and now she's walking like the perp. That too, that's again, not super helpful because, you know, they would have had to have been limping at the time of the murder Mm -hmm. and lots of people walk with a little limp. And Renee and I are not convinced that the perp walks with a limp because they're wearing men's shoes. And we do believe it's, we're 98% sure it's a woman and that they are walking with men's under armor shoes on that the police wear yeah i've probably said this a dozen times but if if i would slip my husband's boots on from work and they're like you know the construction type boots i'd slip them on to check the mail and i walked different i couldn't even control them because they were heavy and i'm going to put it in our instagram stories so that because it's an old post that we made about the perpetrator shoes if you zoom in renee's the one that sent me the zoom and i was like whoa it's obviously it's very clearly the under armor emblem it's fuzzy it's a little blurry but you can see it mm-hmm. and i'm going to put that in our instagram stories this evening so that you guys can check it out i'll try to remember to do that every couple of days cuz you know we have so many posts now they kind of get lost so mm-hmm. It's really interesting, though, if you look at that, and, I mean, it looks like Under Armour, and guess who wears black Under Armour shoes? Police officers. Police. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, at least they do in Texas. Right. Um, that's the thing. We want, we just, we truly want to help in this situation, and we just feel like this is the one small way that we can do it by, you know, having a podcast, keeping people talking about the case, because as everybody knows, when cases get quiet, if the police don't have anything to go on, the case just kind of fades away. 
Well, and then this this very um, affidavit that we were just reading for the search warrant for the target numbers, they said the tips were coming from the public seeing the video, right? Seeing this on the news. These tips don't just come out of thin air, right? Yeah, so hopefully um, people will keep talking about this case, and we're also going to add some more in there, like we've mentioned before, um, and we hope to get tips for those as well. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously everybody deserves justice. Heck yeah, Missy deserves justice. It's been way too long. Speaking of that, it's going to be seven years in April. I know, it's, it's unbelievable. Sickening. It's It's wild. It really is, because we... Mean, Never thought that it would I mean, be this long. Two of my kids have graduated high school since then. I mean, all kinds of stuff has gone on. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I just crazy. never thought it would go on this long. I really kept, I kept thinking any day they're going to say, okay, we rested somebody. And we were like, yes. I mean, Rhett was a little kid, just, just like Missy, because my three kids are the exact same age as Missy's three kids, just wild coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I think about how little Rhett was and we started this and same, that would be the same as Sarah. And now he's 15. He looks like a man. He's taller than me. It's just all that has happened in the length of time that we started following this case after Missy was killed. Crazy. Well, thank yeah. we, we appreciate y'all so much, uh, all the times you've, you know, contributed and talked to us and discussed the case and kept, you know, sharing our posts and things like that because it really does help. Yeah, it does help. I'm certain that the right person is out there with the right tip that can get justice in this horrifying case that we just want to see solved worse than anything missy was one of us i mean she's renee actually knew missy those of you that have been following our podcast know that renee actually knew her personally i didn't know her personally but i'm from that area and my kids are the same age as her missy's the same age as me and um renee and me and it's just it's just we want justice yeah absolutely we're hoping that whoever it is that is uh hesitating to talk and i know that that happens a lot with a lot of things in true crime um will will realize that once you get this off your chest you're going to feel so much better and it's going to help bring justice to missy and we just hope that that whoever it is can come forward just get that courage and bring it on yep it's going to happen we just don't know when after it's easy to get discouraged at almost seven year mark but it'll happen right it'll happen all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on True Crime Broads. Sorry we had the giggles. It's late in the day and we ate a little too much and I guess it made us silly. <laughs> right. So we think we finally got ourselves redirected and got an episode out. So we appreciate you sticking with us and we can't wait to talk to you next time.
Skirt off the block, black, black. 12 on the clock I paint cash, cash, cash. you do the math yeah, I bust the bag, yeah, yeah. you take the tab yeah, yeah. I cut you fast, yeah, yeah. you out of gas yeah, yeah. Skirt off the block, yeah, 12 on the clock yeah, I paint cash, yeah, yeah. you do the math yeah, yeah. I bust the bag, yeah, yeah. you take the tab yeah, yeah. I cut you fast, yeah, yeah. you out of gas yeah, yeah.